Hi, and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. My name is Sherry, and I am your host. Every Wednesday, we get together and we talk about our journey in sobriety, what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. I've been sober for over 10 years now, and I realized that one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was just putting the plug in the jug and not drinking. I never took care of my emotional sobriety, did my step work, or was fully involved in the program until it was almost too late. This is my story, my experience, strength, and hope and what life is like for me on a daily basis as a recovering alcoholic and addict. I am so glad that you are with me and now let's get into it. What's up fam? Happy Wednesday. I hope that you are doing well this week. Listen, I know I said that last week I was going to continue on what I was talking about in the week before, um, but there has been something that's come up, unfortunately, that I would love to talk to you guys about. I just don't have the option right now, and unfortunately, part of that episode kind of talked about it. So, we have to go with a whole new topic this week, which is fine with me. I've got plenty of topics and plenty of time. Um... I have definitely got more time than I bargained for, which is also more than okay. I am actually really, really happy that things have turned out the way they have. And I know that a couple of weeks ago we talked about, or if I didn't talk about it, I meant to, it might have been the other episode, but um, I did lose my job. And so now I'm kind of at the point in my life where I have to restructure. I have to figure out what to do next. And it's been a month now, a month since I lost my job. And that's not probably the last time I did an episode, but there was a couple of things that happened in the past two weeks that didn't allow me to get an episode produced. And I'm very sorry. Um, I told you I was going to be more consistent and we were doing really well with that. And then life happened. (laughs) So, um, I just wanted to apologize for that and thank you guys for continuing to come back and continuing to be here and I just hope that even one or two of you have really resonated with what I've had to say and if there's anything that you want to specifically hear about and talk about, I would absolutely love to hear it. I remember when I first came into the program, I think I've talked about this before, how I wanted everything right now and I needed it right now. I needed it all and when I came into the meetings I remember seeing people getting chips and I think on day one I got a uh, um, obviously I got my white chip and I remember seeing other people get like five years, four months, ten years and as I went to more meetings I saw that more people had more chips and I remember thinking to myself, my God, I want all of those. And the problem wasn't that I wanted 10 years of sobriety and 25 years of sobriety. I was hurting so badly that I wanted all of that sobriety right now. I wanted all of that if you want what we have right now. I wanted the relief and I wanted to be successful in sobriety. If any of you know me, either by listening to this, know me in real life, you know that I am a competitive motherfucker. And I absolutely don't like 
to lose. And that's not a bad thing. It's also not a great thing when (laughs) you need to really truly understand that life is going to happen on life's terms. You know, we talked about acceptance. We talked about things that happen um, when we are quicker to accept them in the way they are. Um, But what I don't talk about nearly enough is the fact that I need to slow down. I need to slow down. I need to do things right. And I need to do them the way that the program says, the way that my sponsor says. Doing things on my own has only gotten me so far. And this last hiccup in my life is a huge suggestion that I definitely was not working the program. Um, Losing my job was probably one of the most humble things that has happened to me. It was a really good thing. And we will circle back to why I lost my job um, and everything like that and the consequences of that. But at this time, what I'd really like to focus on in the last episode, we talked about acceptance. And um, I really realized by losing my job in in the weeks since then, in the months since then, that there were so many behaviors that I did not see leading up to that moment. And there were so many things that I didn't understand at that point that were happening. I refused to ask for help. I refused to admit that I was in trouble. I refused to reach out. I refused to admit that my marriage, my friendships, um, my personal life, my work life, my spiritual life, my AA life were all falling apart. And you guys, they were huge. I mean, huge, huge indicators that there were things going wrong that I needed to fix. And there is um, a story in the Bible, and I don't care if you are not Christian or Muslim or Jewish. Um, This is not specifically to promote any type of faith or religious organization. This is just my story and how I relate to it. Um, I've been listening to a pastor named Stephen Furtick quite a bit because when this happened, I reached out to one of my best friends and I was like, I don't know what to do. And she said, anytime that you are feeling separated from God, get into the word. And So I've been doing that. I've been a lot more pragmatic with AA. I've been a lot more pragmatic with getting into the word. And there's a story of Jacob and Esau. And Jacob was a runner. Jacob always went 100 miles an hour. And he never really slowed down. He never slowed down. He continued to blow through. You know how like you have uh, stop signs. I don't know why I'm asking you what a stop sign is, like you're stupid or something, but either way, um, you know, there's stop signs, obviously, right? And then there's the flashing lights that you slow down for um, that can be red or can be yellow, depending on where they're at. If they're by a fire station um, or emergency medical services station. Um, But in the story, Jacob kind of blows through all the stop signs, right? He makes it to where he needs to go. He does what he needs to do. Um, He does not, however, go without strained relationship. Um, And it's very, very evident in the text. And one day an angel came down um, and he, he actually, the angel actually is his tendon close to his hip and popped his hip out of the socket. And it's not because 
because God wanted to hurt Jacob. God was trying and quit blowing through all the stop signs and quit blowing through all the yellow flashing lights. Basically, like, if you're going to do this, there's going to be consequences to your actions. Sure, it's going to look good on the outside that you're being blessed and that you're doing all the right things. You are accomplishing your goals, but look at how you're accomplishing your goals. Look at what you're doing to get there. Look at what is happening in front of you. Look at your family. Look at your sons. Look at, he raised sons and then they didn't like the son that they had with Rachel, that he had with Rachel. And so they threw him in a pit and then they sold him into slavery. So, I mean, it's not like Jacob had the perfect family, but he didn't care. He didn't slow down because he was still working for, working with, working through God. And he thought as long as he was being blessed, as he thought as long as he was doing what God told him to, that that was enough. And it was not enough because he was forgetting the relationships. He was forgetting the most important things. And so, you know, um, God touched the tendon and um, his hip popped out of the socket. And he ended up walking with a cane the rest of his life. He got to where he was going but he was going to limp getting there and he was no longer going to run he was no longer going to get there fast anymore he wasn't going to have the ability to blow through the stop signs he wasn't going to have the ability to stop at the flashing yellow lights or blow through the yellow lights and i just thought that was so interesting because um I am one of those that I see a stop sign. Definitely not as a suggestion, right? Like blowing through it is definitely illegal. But if there's no one around and I've sat there long enough and I've had to wait, I'm going. Like, fuck this shit. I've got places to be. I'm important. I don't really think I'm important, but in that mind, in that moment, that's where my mind is at. And so I just, I go. Or the yellow flashing lights and I don't hear any sirens so I and that's because there has been so many times that I've done that before without consequences. I just kept I kept getting lucky. I got cocky. I got confident. I, I don't even know about confident. Yeah, I got confident. I got confident in my cockiness, I think. Um, and I definitely um did my own thing whenever I wanted to. And remember we talked about how consequences or there's actions, consequences to our actions. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if they're good or bad. You know, there's always going to be a consequence. And I really have realized that going through the stop signs, going through the yellow flashy light, even though I'm getting to where I'm going, I'm not happy when I get there. I'm not happy because A, I didn't put in the work. B, I didn't do it the right way. And C, there's nothing for me to look back on and go, oh my God, I'm so proud of that. I was proud of the fact that I was getting things done. But that goes back to the very first AA meeting I ever had when I saw that these people had all these coins. And I thought like a fucking Pokemon, I was going to catch them all. Like, oh, that dude's got 25 years? Just wait until I catch up to him. Or I am going to have a three-month chip in 28 days. Like, I didn't, the concept to me of the 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, one year, two years, like that stuff was so lost on me because all I wanted was the end result. And I was willing to do the work or whatever it was to get to that next point. Well, all I had to do was not drink, right? 
I mean, it seems simple. I mean, the concept is really simple. Just don't drink. But it's really not that simple because it's not just don't drink for the rest of your life. It's don't drink for that 24 hours. And every now and then you hit 24 hours that are really extremely difficult. And they are unpleasant. They're miserable. They're long. They're treacherous. And even going that five minutes to five minutes is horrible. And so, yeah, I wanted a year of sobriety. Yeah, I wanted wanted, you know, 18 months of sobriety. I wanted all those chips because I saw that the people with the chips had happiness and I wanted that happiness. I wanted that pain-free happiness and I was willing to blow through any stop sign or flashing yellow light I could to get it. Because remember when we're drinking, we're just trying to get rid of that feeling. We're trying to get rid of that feeling of inadequacy, sadness, frustration, loneliness, um, pain, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional. You know, we are trying to get that next moment of happiness. And it really is not that easy. And so as I sobered up and as I started going through my first month of sobriety, I was like, oh my God, like this is not going to be easy. And it dawned on me that the rest of my life was going to be a lot of work. And it never, like I said in other episodes, like it never brought me back out of the rooms, but I definitely um, I definitely struggled because all I did was put the plug in the jug and I just went through the motions. I didn't do anything until like year seven or eight, which I know a lot of you know. Um, and so for me, a lot of it had to do with the fact that I just wanted the end result and I quit putting in the work. I have gained a not a lot of weight. I mean, I have in my mind gained a lot of weight, but a lot of that comes from I had my thyroid taken out in 2018. So I don't have the same body that I used to four years ago. Um, I don't have the same metabolism. I'm also 40 years old. You know, there's a lot of things stacked up against me. So it's it's not an easy task to lose weight. It's not an easy task to um, maintain weight because there's a lot that happens in my body and to my body that makes it difficult to work out. And it makes it difficult to lose certain pounds. That being said, you know, if I want those results... I have to work for them. And when I look at pictures of myself or when I see what I look like and I realize that, you know, I'm not a size one or two anymore. I'm not a size four or six anymore. Like when I look at those and I see those, I'm like, oh God, I wish I could just snap my fingers and look like that again. Well, anything worth having isn't going to be easy. So if I really wanted that, I would find a way to make it happen. I would find a way to get my ass in gear and work out. Even if it's five minutes, minutes a day. It doesn't matter. I know for me, I have to start back at square one with a lot of things in my life because I regressed and working out happens to be one of them. Obviously, in the past year, year and a half, it's been my emotional sobriety. You know, I started over probably eight, nine months ago in my emotional sobriety. You know, there's certain things that they take time. They take effort. And if you're not going to put in the time, if you're not going to put in the effort, you're not going to get the results that you want. And if you just get the end result without doing the work, you're, I guarantee you, you are doing it wrong because 
there is no easy way to attain things honestly. And I think that is one of the hardest things that I've absolutely had to learn was that if I want something, I can ask for help in the manner of suggestions or what would you do or have you been through this before or what would you have done? But me saying to someone, I don't know how to do this, please do it for me. No way. No way. That's not happening. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't live that way either. I was watching a video of a friend of mine. Um, her name is Anna. She is married to a football coach and she is pregnant and she has, they have another little girl. And she was um, doing her morning routine on TikTok with her, with her daughter. And it was like a Monday morning routine. God, they have such a better routine. They actually get up and do things. Um, but she was doing the morning routine and her daughter was in the dishwasher. And I'm like, oh, she's getting a cup for her, um, for her milk or whatever, her juice. And as I watched the video, I was like, oh my God, she is actually doing the dishes. She's two and a half years old, you guys. And here's Anna, <laughs> like eight months pregnant, bending over to try and help her, squatting down, trying to help her daughter get the dishes done. Two and a half years old, you guys. Woke up on a Monday morning and after breakfast and got dressed, mom said, we're going to do chores around the house today. What? Like that, that is, that is discipline. That is, that is discipline. And that is teaching at a young age. And that is something that I definitely did not soak up and learn. And so for me, when I see things like that, when I see people working hard, when I see people getting the end result, it's because they're doing the work. And when I saw her daughter doing the dishes, I was like, okay, <laughs> I got a few things to work on myself. Um, and last week I was so sick. I didn't even, I was, I was so out of it. You guys, my meds were, meds were messed up and it was just really frustrating. So I really realized that there are times where God is going to slow me down, where my higher power is going to slow me down. And as much as I don't want to see it, as much as I don't want to deal with it, I do know that those things are for my betterment because they do slow me down. They help me to look at things, which reminds me, I have to text my sponsor after this. Um, being able to stop and really look at things is really important in life. And when we are blowing through all the signs, we are missing so many things in between. We are missing things that are probably going to help us. They are going to aid us. They're going to help us grow. And yes, they might be inconveniences. When I'm on a road trip with my family, I absolutely, absolutely hate stopping at the gas station because it's an inconvenience. I don't have to go to the bathroom. There's nothing that I want. And that's going to shave at least a whopping 10 minutes off the time. So, you know, that's a big deal. Like, really? We have to do this right now? So I get frustrated with the stops. But when I stop and when I go inside, I get a coat. I get my favorite candy, maybe some chips, a chance to, you know, move my legs a little bit. And I always find some of the most unique things when I stop at a gas station, whether it's in-state, out-of-town, or like out-of-state. You know, there's so many unique things. And I'm not talking about just like hole-in-the-wall, even hole in the wall gas station. You know, it's like from a horror movie, like the unique thing might be it reminded me of Michael Myers movie and I thought I was going to get kidnapped and killed, but there's so many things in between the signs that we're not doing. And I really have never understood it more until I heard that sermon and my light bulb just went, oh my God. Like, yep, that is completely me. That is completely 
110% me. I just want the end result. And if I just push through to this next part, I'll get it. But then I don't feel good because I either did it incorrectly, I rushed through it, I didn't do a good job. Some of that is where I really, really kind of, pardon me, is where I really kind of suck is um, I want to be done so badly that I just rush through it and then it's not a good product. And so whatever it is in my life that I'm rushing through, it's not a good product. You know, I want that end goal. I want that happiness. I want that feeling of relief and release. And it's like that in my relationships too. Like I don't like confrontation. I don't like putting things out there that are, I know if I bring them up are going to hurt me. I don't like talking about the hard things because the hard things hurt me. Um, I have so much trauma from all the hard things that I get really scared really quickly that if I bring it up, it's going to be a spiral for me. And I really feel like if I just ignore them and just blow right through the stop sign and go through the flashing lights that I will just, you know, we'll still get there. We're just going to sweep this under the rug and ignore it. And that's never the way it goes. Never, ever, ever. And then it comes back to bite you in the ass later. Oh, and it's an even bigger mess. So I guess for me, I've really been learning a lot about slowing down and I'm no longer going to be running anywhere. I'm no longer going to be blowing through the stop signs because the things I'm doing in my life now really take a lot of time and thinking and prayer and meditation and time. Time is the biggest one. Time is the one that is absolutely just dragging its sweet fucking feet. And I know that I could complain. I know that I could be upset, but there is absolutely something to be said about how good time is being to me because I'm no longer rushing to get 85 things done. I'm no longer rushing to get to the end product. I'm actually able to take my time, focus on my passions and what I love to do and what my drive and desire is. And it's actually getting me somewhere. This morning I sat down and I wrote 25 letters to sponsors for my foundation, for my nonprofit. And I was like, wow, okay, that was a really daunting task, you guys, because I need the sponsorship and I need the money. But just calling people and being like, hey, I run a nonprofit, I want money is not going to be the best way to do it. I have to be willing to show them this is what you're sponsoring. This is what you're getting into. And I have to put in the work. I can't just have someone do it for me because unless someone understands what I am trying to accomplish accomplish, and what I am trying to do, pulling numbers, doing graphics, doing data, putting together a slideshow, doing presentations, like these are all things that I have really got to start doing because these are things that I need for my nonprofit to be successful. And when you're running a nonprofit, you can't blow through stop signs. Holy shit. Like everything has to be down to the letter. Everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be accounted for. And so I am just like, holy cow. And at some point I'm going to have to ask for outside help because I need to focus on certain things getting done first. And I need to make sure that while I'm doing that, things are running in the background. So really me losing my job and being forced to slow down and being forced to really look at things and take out the monetary aspect of things, take out the 100 mile an hour lifestyle, taking out the running through stop signs and yellow flashing lights has really been something that has been really good for me, really helpful. And it sucked. There's a lot of parts that are still going to suck coming up. There are still a lot of things that are going to be impacted but I have now the time, the tools, and the patience to work with those
those things. Um, I really feel like as much as I hated losing my job, I was also just as miserable there as I was, you know, trying to make it work. So we will circle back. I will publish that episode later, but I want to, like I said, get through a few things first um, before I do that episode. Um, but I really encourage you guys to, you know, take that time and slow down. I have a couple of people in AA who um, tell me they start their day at 5.30 in the morning. God damn. And they always start with prayer and meditation. And I thought, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> you do now. And now I just need the discipline, you know, the discipline to sit down and get things done. The discipline to make sure that if I want something like a connection to my higher power, I'm doing everything I can to facilitate it. If I want to do something like be more involved in AA, that I'm doing something to promote it or work with it. If I want to do something with my nonprofit and with my baseball guys, that I'm there for them with they need me and that I'm able to do certain things. There's so many things about my sobriety that I really just wasn't paying attention to. And I really am so thankful for my higher power touching the tendon of my hip and popping out my socket because I don't think without that I would have slowed down. And God knows what I would have done, to be completely honest. God knows what kind of mistake or thing I would have let slide had I not been slowed down. So remember, not everything that happens to you comes from bad. Some things come from good too, and we have to be able to sit down and recognize those things because if we don't, we are going to keep thinking and blaming our higher power for why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? Instead of saying thank you for allowing that to happen to me. I think more times now, lately, I have been saying thank you for showing me that because there are so many things that I've just bypassed and I really wish I would have not, but it's all, it's everything is where it's supposed to be. All in God's timing and all in our creator's timing and what he has laid out for us. He knows what's going to happen. And so I think for me, the biggest thing is just going, okay, I trust you. And trust is not something that I do. There is not one person in this world that I can say that I trust definitively to not hurt me, alienate me, make fun of me, talk down to me. Like I, there's just no one that I trust the way I trust my higher power to take care of and my sponsor to be honest with me. You know, those, those are things that are extremely important in my sobriety. And I am so, so insanely thankful for everything that has happened in the past couple of weeks. I could not be happier. <laughs> I know that sounds so weird, but even with everything I'm facing and going through um, in my personal life, you know, everything else is working out and I am just glad to be here. I am thankful and I am thankful for all of you for being patient and we are rolling on the content now. I am doing a couple of shows at a time so that way there will not be a drop in content, especially if I'm out of town or I get sick or anything like that. I know that's one thing that I've really learned about podcasting is not going week to week, but actually having some in the backup. So I apologize about that. I will no longer hopefully be having weeks where I'm not producing and we will be able to um, meet 
every week and I really could not be more thankful for my audience. 4,600 downloads, you guys. That is absolutely insane. We are almost to 5,000 downloads and we are just barely over a year old. So thank you for all of that. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for the kind messages and the emails. And I have some other fun stuff to share with you next week. So until then, be well, fam. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of A Sober Girls Podcast. I hope that you heard something that resonated with you and that you can take with you for the next week until we meet again. You can find me on Instagram at a sober girls pod. You can also follow me and friends at Sober City Movement on Instagram as well. If you live in the Richmond area, follow me at Sober in Richmond where we we plan local sober meetups. Or if you're just traveling and looking for a friend in the area, there's one of us in almost every city across the continent. Struggling and need help? Just remember that you are not alone. You can reach out to me and any of my friends on Instagram, send us a message. Or if you are in immediate need of help, please search out your sponsor, the closest sober friend, or go online to aa.org to find a meeting that you can attend. There are also Zoom meetings, which you can find on aa.org as well. Have a safe week, and until next time, fam, be well.